When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome one, welcome all to the Tortillas and Takes podcast. This is the voice of the People's Champ, aka Jeremy Gillen, and we are here to talk about, yep, the Lady Raiders. And we'll actually talk a little bit about softball at the end, because uh, that season is about to be underway. But uh, right now, your Texas Tech Lady Raiders are 16-6 on the season, 5-4 and four in conference, off of a really nice back-to-back victory uh, over Houston and TCU in the United Supermarkets Arena. They, along with the men, are going to be playing Cincinnati this Saturday. But the Lady Raiders will actually be traveling to Cincinnati, Ohio, to take on a 10-10 Bearcat team that has struggled in conference. Currently 2-7 in the Big 12, Coach Katrina Mayweather for the Bearcats has had a difficult time uh, adjusting to Big 12 play. And what I mean by that is that finding consistency has been the like primordial issue for Cincinnati. Um, they really have not punched up at all during conference play. And really has suffered kind of double-digit losses against legacy teams that for all intents and purposes fill the top half of the table and they've got streaky wins against teams at the bottom half uh, including some of the legacy teams uh in that in that arena and a portion of that issue is that Cincinnati doesn't have a true scorer a, a, a guard or even a four they can take over a guard especially that can take over right so uh right now Jillian Hayes is uh, the big person and is averaging the most points. Um, most recently, the Jacksons, both Reagan and Ariel, their two guards, have been better for the Bearcats uh, in the past few games. They've scored actually the same amount, which is kind of crazy. Um, they both scored 13 against Houston and 10 against Texas. Um, <clears throat> but Cincinnati just, just doesn't have doesn't have that takeovers talent and more importantly doesn't have any depth in scoring a lot of games uh there are a lot of goose eggs across the score sheet there's lots of zeros no no like consistent production from cincinnati as a whole especially none from the bench uh typically but there's plenty of shots so as a team like they're not just being efficient on the offensive side of the court you know it really doesn't matter uh who they're playing like they played a top 10 Texas team. They played an unranked Houston team. And in that small sample in the past couple of games, they're shooting around 30% from the field, right? Um, all those, those are both, those both were away games. And um, we're no stranger to having a hard time at away games. And we'll talk about that in a second. But it's not just the away games, right? If you look through Cincinnati's conference record, uh, through their conference play, they've been having, uh, even in their victories, they're having, you know, the same difficulty shooting at home. This is like we're shooting 30% uh, 
uh, 30 to 40% across the board. Um, and the closer you get to 40, the more you start to kind of round up for error and shot quality and stuff like that. And you, you look at, okay, you know, what kind of defense they're playing. But when you sit around the 30 mark, it, it's a bit more disappointing for teams um, because you leave a lot out there. You have a lot of opportunity, especially with, I mean, Cincinnati's jaying up a ton of shots a game. They're just not falling. And that comes down, okay, that comes down to shot choice. That excuse, excuse me, that comes down to, you know, deciding on your shot. So shot quality has not been great. Um, but they also don't really have an offensive pedagogy. Like there's no, so um, Tech fans just watching the men lose to TCU. TCU has a lot of uh, emphasis on their breakout game, uh, on the transition offense. It's where they have thrived the most this season. Um, where they have not thrived is the slow down having to run set piece, having to figure out, you know, how are we going to run our offense whenever it's just half court offense. So TCU's made a lot of, had a lot of success off of running the transition offense style. Cincinnati's Cincinnati women have not really figured out what it is that they do and do well. Now, defensively, the Bearcats are not terrible, right? They've done a really good job at limiting decent teams to decent output. I'll put it that way. They have a very average defense. Uh, against their offense, it looks fantastic, but again, their defense is, is average. What they do like doing is they like to cause chaos. So Cincinnati this season has done a really good job at creating turnovers. Um, it is likely that they'll have 10 plus turnovers a game unless they're playing somebody outrageous. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they end up getting 15 turnovers against Texas Tech um, because we'll be on the road and because it's kind of their that their, that's their bag. The problem is for Cincinnati is that they'll get the turnover, but they don't do anything with it, right? It runs down into uh, a half-court offense or a shoddy, tra- uh, a shoddy transition offense and bad shot, bad talent, whatever it is. Um, they don't make anything of it or they turn the ball over themselves. So um, where they have pretty good defense when it comes to you know, causing some chaos and creating opportunities to either extend leads, get leads, come back from leads, you know, giving the offensive chance, a chance, uh, the offense doesn't do anything with that. So not, not an incredibly dangerous stat, but one to pay attention to. Now, um, all that said, we've been here before. I did something similar when we played BYU in, in Provo. Uh, oh, we've got the advantage, you know, we have the momentum. We're a more complete program. They're not that good. I said we were going to get a good win against BYU. I think I remember I was predicted it'd be close, but we'd get the dub. Sparkly D-U-B. And uh, I've never seen such an implosion by the Lady Raiders uh, in a short-term memory. <laughs> uh, that's his own insult. But there's a reason for that. You know, we're not good on the road. Even though Coach Gerlich and this fan base has helped elevate the Lady Raiders to an impressive 13-1 record at home, right? The only loss we've had so far is against a good Texas team. It all falls apart when we travel. I don't I don't get it. Like what okay, so we're one and three on the road with losses to Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and BYU. Oklahoma's a really good program, right? But you had the same kind of loss against Oklahoma State and then against BYU. Right. If you're gonna get blown out, get blown out by the good team. Keep it close with the teams that are more in your in your uh, arena. 
we just got blown out in all three games. So um, it's just something inherently broken about the way that this team travels. Like I don't know if they're being fed like copious amounts of fettuccine Alfredo before the game, which is a really obscure office reference. But if you get it, you get it. Um, I don't know if we're up partying all night before. If the hotel beds are shit, I don't know. I don't know what it is. But the only road win that we have is against Houston. And it was a close game. Um, Houston, not the greatest, right? Houston and BYU, kind of two teams that we should have the advantage against for sure. If any one of those three, um, if any one of those three where I'm like, well, I'm not surprised we lost. Um maybe by the margin, but not surprisingly lost, it is Oklahoma State. Well, Oklahoma, obviously. So out of the other two, Oklahoma State. Um, Oklahoma State, I think, identity-wise, Oklahoma State shares a lot of similarities with Texas Tech, with the Lady Raiders, um, whether we want to admit it or not. But that's kind of why we're both floating around in the middle of the table, scrounging for victories on the road to try to continue. For Oklahoma State, it, it, they're on a better tear where they're, being discussed about they're being discussed in bracketology and things like that and we'll, we'll get more to that um but i don't know so uh 13 and one at home th- one and three on the road what are we doing like what is the difference maker um and i just don't know right now i, I have a lot of thoughts got a lot of opinions about kind of where this season is um even though it's felt really good uh in some parts it's felt really bad in others but uh, before we do that Kind of at kind of at a halfway point, I guess. I don't have too terribly much to say, but kind of at a halfway point. Um, so let's go ahead and take a quick ad break before we get back to this so I can grab some refreshment, cool off before I heat back up again, give myself a little heat check. Um, this is Jeremy's Gym. That's for you, Albie, even though you're not going to listen to this. We'll be, we'll be right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. There are nine games left on the schedule. There's five away. There's four home. You were at one point in the NCAA tournament conversation, but you have since dropped out. Uh, you have dropped out of the bracketology everywhere. You've dropped out of the conversation. Why? Because no one thinks that Texas Tech can win anywhere but at home, and you don't play a home game in the big dance. So this this is kind of uh, for me at this point in the season. I think this is because this is kind of a do or die moment for our tournament chances. And that's not doom and gloom. Like, that's not doom and gloom. And I know people are really high, really excited about that, really excited about this team, very rah-rah, you know, Lady Raiders. We're going to get, you know, a lot of excitement. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I would be disingenuous to the brand of tortillas and takes if I just, if I didn't give it to you straight, right? If you lose against Cincinnati in Ohio, you're not making the tournament. That's it. Right, because the remaining away games, think about it West Virginia, good, Baylor, good, 
Texas, good. And TCU, good at home. If you're built, if you are built to compete with those teams in away games, you have not shown it in this season. We have no evidence for it. I have no, you know, the casual, if we kind of take our Red Raider lens off for a second, you look at a team like this, if you just looked at it on paper and somebody told you, hey, these are two ACC teams or whatever, um, and this is how they've been performing this season, you would look at those and say, and you, you would not pick this one, uh, if you, one had more road wins and kind of like a, maybe a better overall, you would not pick the one that, that, that hasn't been winning on the road. You would pick the one that's been winning kind of at home and on the road. Whether, even if it's balanced, even if it's like you're losing a little bit at home and you're losing a little bit on the road, but overwhelmingly you're winning, you're going to pick that team because that's a team that is like discovering its identity and all this jazz, and, but they, they, they can find ways to win on the road. I haven't been given enough security to look at this and go well you know they'll pick one up eventually because if you don't get this one against Cincinnati right <laughs> you just uh three of the last four are ranked West Virginia Baylor and Texas all ranked all good teams and the way we play TCU at home you know, there's almost like a margin of error for home court advantage. I'm not saying TCU's arena has any home court advantage, but in that same vein, right, it's like you do get to rest at home. You don't have to travel. There's a lot of victory there. But this Texas Tech team just has not had an, has not had an effective time on the road this season. The question is why, I, and I don't have an answer for you. I'm not in the, I'm not in the team meetings. I'm not in the psyche of every single player. I can't do it. Right, nobody out there who's going to claim they know why knows what the hell they're talking about. Um, I think, okay, so again, if you're built to compete with those teams in away games, you've not shown it this season. You did have a really good, I want to say, you did have a really good top twenty-five win over Iowa State. That's a big resume builder. Uh, Iowa State's still a good team that hasn't changed. They didn't just completely capitulate. But where was it? It was at home. So I think. You know, all the pieces are there, and that's what's frustrating me the most right now as a fan of this team, is that I've seen this team dominate opponents, dominate good opponents, dominate bad opponents, but look complete, right? Look like the team that we know, knew that they would be, that they can be, right? And so we've seen their ceiling. It's pretty high, um, but when we go on the road and we don't show up, oh my God. God, it's frustrating, man. It's 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 hard to watch. And I know that these athletes and I know that this coaching staff feel that too. I know that they want to have this tangible growth this season that results in an NCAA tournament appearance. You had a fun season last one where you're like, ah, shoot, we just missed, you know, it feels like we if we a few things went our way, we would have ended up in the tournament, but we didn't. But we're gonna recharge, we're gonna get back to it, we're gonna build ourselves up become tougher, get to the tournament this year. And for all intents and purposes, it really felt like this was a different team. And it is a different team. Don't get me wrong. But I think if you don't go, I think if you don't go five and four over this stretch, two 
I mean, three of those wins on the road. Minimum. <laughs> you got you need you need road wins. If you don't have those, you just don't have a case to be in the dance. The WNIT, sure, absolutely. This is a WNIT team, no doubt, right? But I know that these ladies have worked too damn hard to what I would presume amounts to settling for something like the NWIT, NIT. Right? I think there's still a ways away, right? Anything can happen between now and uh, Selection Sunday. But my point, I think my point remains is that it's going to have to start with a win tomorrow. Cincinnati is too all over the place for a team like Texas Tech to let them win. Right? And it's, you know, so I, I think looking at it, looking at the way Cincinnati's kind of faltering with depth, faltering with um, good half-court coaching, good full-court coaching, um, faltering with figuring out their identity, it may be close, but I'm giving a hopeful, and hear me when I say hopeful, because I've been burnt before. And that's the part of being a Texas Tech fan. I've been burnt before. But I'm giving a hopeful prediction of a Lady Raider victory on the road, 65-58. Nothing crazy offensively, but you get the win. Get some momentum, and let's try to keep that momentum against a strong West Virginia team. I will say I predict a loss in Morgantown. 99% sure. Um, West Virginia is just always a difficult place. Morgantown is just a difficult place to go and keep up energy at. But back-to-back road wins would blow my mind. <laughs> it would blow my mind, and it would make me sound like an idiot. I will uh, I'll quit the podcast. We'll dismantle tortillas and takes. We'll never talk on the air again if they get back-to-back road wins. And so maybe that maybe that's encouraging. Maybe that's a good... Um, maybe that's a good reason to to do it. But I think that you, you can get a victory against Cincinnati, and if you can keep it close against West Virginia, hi, you can you can start building that resume that hey, like this is a, this is a good team. This is a team that deserves a chance at an at large bit. You know, uh, buy something like a, a play in whatever it is. This this team deserves a seat at the table, and I know they want that, and I know Coach Gerlich wants that. They've talked about it all season. They talked about it all in the off season. I believe, like I believe, that Coach Gerlich is doing what she can to bring, take this team where she can take it, uh, to the highest places she can take it. I know that she wants to be in the dance. I know she wants to get to the national championship again. That's a little ways off, but you know, Cincinnati, get the dub, keep it close against West Virginia, and then we'll start cooking with peanut oil. You know what I'm saying? Um, so let's let's actually shift gears here uh, shortly before we sign off. The softball program under the second year of Coach Snyder is actually set to have their first game, uh, first games in about a week. I think it's on the, um, looks like we'll be hitting off against Florida A&M University in a doubleheader on the 9th, followed by another doubleheader on the 10th against Charlotte, and then following Charlotte, so it's a doubleheader, first game is Charlotte, then we play it immediately after we play Florida State. But before all that, actually, is the softball team's going to have its fan day this Sunday, February 4th at 2 p.m. to showcase this team in an intra-squad scrimmage. So we're going to be playing ourselves, kind of showing what we got going, maybe showing a little bit of flair, a little bit of fun. Um, should be decent weather. The high is about 60 degrees and sunny. So if you're not doing much, you've survived your after-church grocery run, come and hang out with me. I'm going to be there. Let's watch some softball. Bring a light jacket if you're into that. Um 
yeah, we'll talk sports. You can buy me a hot dog. Ken Sessions probably aren't running. What am I talking about? But we can go out there, talk with Coach Schneider. Let's hang out, see what this team's about, right? So this is a team that was picked sixth in the preseason, uh, in the preseason Big 12 poll out of 10 teams. Remember that Kansas State, TCU, and West Virginia don't field softball teams. And apparently neither does Cincinnati. So the order of that preseason poll was Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, Baylor, UCF, Texas Tech, BYU, Kansas, Iowa State, and then pulling up the rear is Houston. So I'm most interested in the introduction of UCF and BYU into this mix. Um, No shade to Houston, but those two had stellar seasons uh, in the past few seasons. I just wonder how much of that's going to translate or be competitive, dominant in the in the Big Twelve, you know. So I think it's kind of quirky to see Texas Tech just sandwiched between the two. Uh, it's like legitimizing uh, UCF's season more than BYU's, and we're just kind of hanging out. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but on our squad, you got a lot of familiar names, and you got some fresh ones, and we'll we'll be expanding on those as the season goes on because there's a lot of excitement to be had in the youth of this team. Um, but I think the person that we're going to need to know that you're going to have to like, hey, if I don't watch a lot of softball, who do I need to know? Jeremy, Kaylee Wyckoff. This is exceptional for us last season, right? One of This is, okay, Big 12 Freshman of the Year, reigning Big 12 Freshman of the Year. And then this season, she's all Big 12 preseason, uh, got all, all Big 12 preseason team. So that's pretty awesome. D1 Softball put out their yearly top 100 players. She ranked 88th, which is incredible uh, to be on that list. She was named um, just a couple weeks later on Softball America's top 100 players list, number 52. But they went a little step further, and she was specifically ranked number four, fourth among all catchers in the NCAA. That's crazy. Um, One of the best catchers in the nation. Uh, an incredible list of accolades that, and I think Coach Schneider said it best, really speaks to the work ethic, the talent of Kaylee. It's going to be awesome to see how this team develops around her as well to see you know how she develops as the stud that she is. And so we, see, we can see what all she can do behind the plate this season. But we'll have more of an in-depth preview of that softball team probably after the season gets started started, so we can kind of talk a little bit about the you know the, 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 those first couple of games get those under our belts, kind of see where the team's performing, kind of see what our identity is, and then we'll talk about that in depth as well as like what the rest of the non-con looks like and stuff of that matter. But uh, that's all I have for you now. Track and field is doing awesome. We're going to continue to tweet about their top 10 excellence, both men and women. Uh, we'll mention them on the pot or two, uh, on a pot or two before we really get deep into the outdoor seasons, which is when Albie and I start covering, covering them um, more in depth. So for myself, that's the people's champ. This has been Tortillas and Eggs Podcast presented by the 1012 Network. Stay wrecked, people. Sports Social Podcast Network.